it's remarkable what God is doing right now in this season of the church around the world. There are so many um, unusual things starting to unfold. And I want to I say this in a calculated way. We have to be very careful that we don't miss what God is doing because we're simply not paying attention. I mean, no, it is easy to miss what God is doing. Sometimes he'll be doing it right there in front of you, and you won't even realize it's the Lord. It's Jacob's prayer. Surely the Lord was here. I didn't even know it. It's the Jews who missed the, their Messiah who came right in front of them, and they didn't even realize it. And, and I just I want to challenge you in this season, there's something, something different. And we just want to learn to cooperate with every season that we uh, step into. So I've noticed... Um, you know, we, we're big on turn the page. Uh, I've talked a little bit about Angel's story, and he heard turn the page a couple of times before he finally started doing it, and now journaling through Scripture. Just every day, turn one page. Start in the book of Bible, in the book of Genesis, right the day at the top of the page, and every day just turn the page. You can do this. Uh, you can get into the Word and spend time in the presence of the Lord, and it doesn't have to be an all-day endeavor, but a consistent endeavor where you're just constantly coming back before the Lord. And if you miss a day, you just don't worry about it, and you go on the next day, put the date, and go on. And one day, you've got this heirloom you give to your kids. We, we say it all the time. Well, I'm actually uh, going through a Bible a second time, and I thought, I'm going to read this translation through a second time. And, um, and it's interesting because what's happening, I've written the date at the top of the page, now I'm writing the date on the side of the page, and I just started realizing about a week or so ago that as I'm reading the same Bible, the same translation that I read before, it all is, I, I keep on highlighting and marking and writing and underlining uh, like exponentially more than I did the first time through. And I thought, well, maybe I just wasn't paying attention, and that's entirely possible. I have that, that gift. Anybody else? The gift of inattentiveness. inattentiveness. Um, but but I, I started realizing, I think it's something different. I think it's just the season that we've stepped in where God is trying to enrich our lives. He's showing up in a very pronounced and precise and specific and intentional way. And I'm finding myself in these same pages of Scripture that I've read just a few years ago, suddenly just engulfed in his presence in a way that I wasn't when I read through before. And I think it speaks of the season that we're in. Uh, our family's been talking a little bit about this and just talking about how we're experiencing the Lord right now, some unusual things. Um, Tracy's New Year's revelation for 2021 is declare. Uh, no, see clearly. Uh, no, that was last year. See clearly. Um, so see clearly was her revelation for the year. She's driving down the road the other day, and she pulls up behind a car, and the, the license plate says clearly. And she said she just sat there and looked at the license plate and thought, it's just kind of the way things are going right now. Like the Lord's just trying to have a conversation. How many of you believe that coincidences happen sometimes on purpose by the hand of God? And so in that moment, she just realized the Lord's just reminding and reiterating. And then faith, her 2021 New Year's revelation is, uh, make sure I get it right, for 2021, it's hope. And so she shows up to a test for a nursing school the other day, and uh, they're, they're giving them information, and they have a, an access code, and guess what the code was? HOPE 2021, her 2021 New Year's Revelation. 
And I just want to encourage you, pay close attention in this particular season as God is working to get our attention. And he doesn't just want our attention, he's really drawing our affection. People are sensing the invitation to go deeper. And I want, to, I want to just kind of bring us to a greater awareness of that today in what we're going to talk about because we have to understand appetite, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they shall be filled. Appetite will take us in just like apathy will hold us out. So let's be very aware uh, that if we'll stir up our appetite just to walk consistently before him, there's something that begins to be awakened. And if we neglect and ignore, how many of you know that revelation that God reveals and gives to us, if it's not nurtured, it is lost. And we're so busy looking for what's new so many times that we lose sight of rehearsing what God's doing in that moment. And so I, I want to encourage you in that that there's just something so deep the Lord's wanting to take us into. And uh, with that being said, the idea of missing what the Lord is up to, um, it's, it's appropriate to bring up that today is Palm Sunday. And you may not be aware of what Palm Sunday is. I want to try and give you an explanation of it. And uh, with Palm Sunday, there are so many reasons why the Jews should have recognized what God was doing in that moment as the Messiah had come and was riding into Jerusalem, fulfilling all kinds of prophecy. Uh, and this is the week before Passover. And here's Jesus. And, and by the way, specifically, we know the date. This was April the 6th, 32 A.D., and so here's Jesus on April the 6th, 32 AD, one week before Passover, riding into Jerusalem. And it was as if God was presenting the ultimate Passover lamb to all humanity to see as they were uh, preparing for Passover the week to come. So it's amazing, yet the people who should have realized it didn't realize it. But what I want to do is talk to you about something that's even more measurably precise, a specific prophecy that we read about in Scripture. This is elaborate, and it's intricate. It's multi-leveled and layered. Uh, and so I've blogged this a little more extensively. I'm going to give you the 30,000-foot summary version so that you can comprehend just how unimaginably precise the fulfillment of this prophecy really was. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 9, that uh, the temple would one day be rebuilt. And in fact, what it was predicting and prophesying was when the temple would be rebuilt, there would be a command that would be given to rebuild the temple, and that command, when it would be given, suddenly would set into motion a prophetic clock that would tick away until a specific day when the Messiah would be revealed. It's really a remarkable uh, prophecy of what would take place. And so if we can figure out what day the command was given to rebuild the temple, then we can mark that on our calendars, and then we can progressively look on the calendar to see, did anything significant happen after the conclusion of that prophecy? So let me be a little more specifically uh, specific of what's taking place in Daniel 9. It says, specifically, the command would be given to rebuild the temple, and 483 years later, after the command was given, then the Messiah would be revealed. 
483 years later. So when we, when we look at this and we see the command actually was given, we can look at a precise date. And it's exciting to think about this because in Ezra chapter 7, that's where we then read in Scripture where the command is actually given. And that starts the prophetic countdown for that particular number of years. And that, that works out to be 173,880 days. Now wouldn't it be cool if we could find the command given date and walk that out on the calendar, 173,880 days, and then something significant take place. That would be amazing. How many of you agree that would be amazing? Like, that would be God. That's what that would be. How can that be? It just can't be unless there's some supernatural expression taking place in all this. So in Ezra chapter 7, we see March the 14th, 445 BC, the command was given to rebuild the temple. 173,880 days later is April the 6th, 32 AD, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. This is outrageous. Like... <laughs> I mean, this is incredible evidence. Would you agree? This is phenomenal when you look at this and you realize, I mean, God has gone to elaborate, intricate detail to introduce us to the Savior Jesus who has come. I want you to know, even the most hardcore skeptic cannot deny the mathematical computation that we're talking about in this, the progression of what would happen. I mean, God is God. Jesus is Lord. He is the, the ultimate Passover lamb who came and was slain so that you and I might have life. He's wanting to do more than just come to establish some kind of religion that we would ascribe and believe to. He's trying to draw us in as sons and daughters of God who learn to hear the voice of God and walk in the presence of God as a way of life everywhere we go, every day that we live, every breath that we take, serving the Lord our God with all of our hearts. And many celebrated him as he came into Jerusalem that day, didn't they? They're waving these palm branches and they're celebrating. The Messiah has come, but many missed him. And that's why it's so important that we learn to live our lives in a way that we practice a deep awareness of God. How many of you believe that in the course of your life there have been many times God was trying to do something and you simply didn't understand and didn't comprehend and didn't pay attention? Anybody here? I mean, I, I think of this so often. Like, how many times have I missed incredible opportunities with people right there within my reach because I simply was distracted, I was stressed out, thinking about my own little world, not paying any attention to the eternal universe, uh, you know, the, the whole idea of eternity that God was trying to get me to digest in that moment. So today, that's why I want to talk to you about what it means to be marked by God's presence. That you and I would be a people who learn to live our lives in a way that we are marked by the presence of God. The scripture says in Psalms 24, and this is the uh, Passion Translation, we've been focusing on this as we are the gates, open the gates. So wake up, you living gateways. Everybody say, wake up. Wake up. We are going to wake up to the presence of God unlike ever before. Do you believe that with me? Let's grieve for that today. The Lord make a deposit in us to help us wake up. So wake up, you living gateways. Lift up your heads, you ageless doors of destiny. Welcome the King of glory, for he is about to come through you. You ask, who is this glory king? The Lord, armed and ready for battle, the mighty one, invincible in every way. So wake up, you living gateways. 
and rejoice. Fling wide, you ageless doors of destiny. Here he comes. The king of glory is ready to come in. God is ready to infiltrate your life, your workplace, your family, your neighborhoods, restaurants that you frequent. I mean, everywhere you go, God is wanting to do something remarkable in your life and in the lives of those around you. Something that is just the nature of God being revealed in amazing and wonderful ways. And that's why we say often, we are those that bring God's presence to real life. We know that that is a core fundamental idea that we come back to over and over. We bring God's presence to, I mean, I love God's presence, but I love to see God's presence at work in real life situations. And we're gonna talk a little bit about a real life situation today as we get into this, but, but we've kind of broken this down even further so that we understand we we bring God's presence to real life in every realm of society and on every level of community. I mean, you know, when just two people are together, there's a sense of community. When there's a larger group, there's a larger sense of community. But we bring God's presence to, life, to real life no matter where we are, in every realm of society, on every level of community, anybody that we're with, we are marked by the presence of God. We are those who carry the presence of God. It's just so astonishing when you think about this. And Old Testament Job had a New Testament seemingly understanding, and here we are, a New Testament people, and what I'm about to read to you out of Old Testament Job really should inspire us to live more of a revelation of God's presence as New Testament Christians. The Bible says in Job 29, 3-6, when his lamp shone over my head, and by his light I walked through darkness as I was in the prime of my days when the friendship of God was over my tent. What an incredible statement that is. When the friendship of God was over my tent, when the Almighty was yet with me and my children were around me, when my steps were bathed in butter, that's an interesting phrase, when my steps were bathed in butter and rock poured out for me streams of oil. So here's Job, Old Testament Job, talking about friendship with God being established in his dwelling where his footsteps were bathed like butter and the rock poured out streams of oil for him everywhere he went. So let's get an understanding and a picture of what this really means because you and I are men and women, sons and daughters of God that are marked by the presence of God. Do you believe this? Do you understand what I'm saying? So I want you to think about how Aaron stood and the Bible says they anointed Aaron. And what does it say? Oil ran down his beard. Oil ran down his garments. He would stand like this and they would pour up the crown of his head and they would that oil would just drench and come down. And when they were finished with this amazing moment where he was being anointed for the use of God, you understand there would be a saturated oil spot like where he was. And when he would start walking off, then there would be you know, oil footprints. Can you imagine walking up in that moment, just following, standing there looking at this fresh oil on the ground, how that would draw your attention to what God was doing in that very moment in time? 
This is exactly what the Bible is talking about when it says your footsteps are bathed in butter. Everywhere you go, the saturating oil of the Holy Spirit is being poured over your lives. We are marked as men and women, sons and daughters of God who carry the presence of God in such a way that the anointing of God is just a trail behind us and people then will see the presence of the Lord. They'll be drawn in their attention to what God is doing in that moment in time. Come on, let's just join together. Everybody in the room, we just agree, Lord, bathe our steps in butter. Oh God, let friendship with God be established over our dwelling. Lord Jesus, let the rock pour out streams of oil for us. Everywhere we go, in Jesus' mighty name, we are the gates. We are the gates. We're marked by God's anointing, and our steps release something from heaven into the earth when we walk in deep fellowship with God. What does it mean? to walk in deep fellowship with God. What does it mean? What's it like to wake up in the morning and the first thought just be the presence of the Lord and suddenly he's whispering sweet somethings in your ear, preparing you for that which is ahead in the day. I mean, you do understand, if God is a God who can reveal a prophetic command that would be given, that would produce a prophetic release 173,880 days later on the specific day, then he's big enough to give you some insight to the day ahead as you wake up in the morning and realize, I am with God and God is with me. Surely the Lord is in this place and I didn't even know it. Our steps are bathed with butter. Everywhere we go, there's this residual trail of the presence of God that attracts the attention of humanity to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we are. This is not about getting people to show up and go to church. This is about sons and daughters of God rising up and being who they are. You can't go to church You are the church. We gather as the church and God strengthens us as sons and daughters of God so that everywhere we go, we leave a trail of the presence of the Holy Spirit. I feel the Spirit of God at work deep in our lives right now. He's trying to draw some of our deepest affection, breaking bondages in our lives. Some of us have allowed deep-seated affection to be devoted to things that are bondage, and God wants to take them back. Let's get those things off of the throne, and let's let Jesus be on the throne of our lives. Be awakened to the eternal purposes of God. Job, speaking of this idea, carrying this mark of God's presence in such a profound and wonderful way, We are the gates. We are the gates. What does God want to do in your life this week? See, the problem is we've made this so much about performance that we we come out of these deep realities and we translate them into surface performance. And then we get everybody thinking, oh, we figured it out. This is how you go and do witnessing. And then we get everybody to do witnessing. And this is what witnessing looks like. I want to just say something loud and clear. 
Witnessing for you is not what witnessing looks like for me. Every person's witness is according to their own mechanism and gift. And we have for far too long tried to build the church around the cookie cutter mentality, the corporate ideology that we've learned from the world system. This is how we do what we do. Now, if you're a real Christian, you'll do this. No, if you're a real Christian, you'll let Jesus be Lord of your life and you will walk out your God-given purpose, your God-given way. He is so creative. We are the gates. Stop waiting for a move of God. You are the move of God. Everywhere you go, your feet are bathed in butter. There's this residual presence of the Lord as a result of simply your being in the job where you, I mean, you, you understand, promotion doesn't come. Have you read this in the Bible? Promotion doesn't come from the north, south, east, or west. Promotion comes from the Lord. How many of you know promotion comes from God? That means you think that you are so sharp and so smart and so capable that that's why you got the job that you got. I was reading this morning in my devotion and David, conquering David, who was just undefeatable, he came back and he said over and over in the particular chapter that I'm, that I'm reading, the blessing of the Lord has caused me to succeed. The blessing of the Lord has caused Caused me to succeed. The, he didn't say, I'm so strong and I'm so mighty and I'm such a warrior and that's why I've done so well. He said, The blessing of the Lord. He knew in humility this is not about my ability, this is about the presence of the Lord. And God gave you the position that He gave you. God postured you and positioned you in the place where He. Did you hear what Caleb was saying when he opened the service this morning? He works in a hospital, and that's an expression of His ministry. And everywhere He's going, He's available to the Lord. He's never gone in and, and proclaimed, Hey, everybody, all is well. I'm a Christian. Christian is here. All is well. It's all going to be good. He didn't ever do that. He simply walked in an attitude of love and walked in an attitude of confidence and walked in an attitude of identity, knowing who he is. And he never said, hey, hey, I can pray for you. Y'all let me pray for you and I'll pray for you. Just stop overselling and underdelivering and be who God's called you to be. And Caleb walked into the room and somebody looked at him and they said, hey, would you pray for this patient? They want somebody to pray for you. And Caleb said, well, yeah, I will, but like, why are you asking me to pray for him? And they said, well, don't you do that? Isn't that who you are? They identified who he was without him having to make some type of pompous announcement. Do you understand? Relax. The biggest problem we have in the religious circles that we live is people who don't know who they are, so they're trying to be something they're not, and it's fueling the fires of inadequacy, messing us all up. So wake up, you living gateways. Wake up, you living gateways. So wake up. You living gateways, lift up your heads, oh you ageless doors of destiny. Open wide the gates because the King of Glory is about to come through you. Learning to walk in a place of deep fellowship with God and sincere consideration for others makes a mark that draws attention. Everybody around you have their attention drawn to Jesus. 
There is so much. I mean, it's a weird moment for me right now. There is so much being revealed, well beyond anything I can articulate. I see it happening. I'm watching you realizing there is like a major download taking place in the body of Christ. We all are taught by God. And the Holy Spirit is wanting to activate some things within us that we will walk out of this room today with a greater sense of confidence in who he has designed us to be and who Jesus truly is in our God-designed lives. That is what will change the world. I want to tell you a story about somebody whose steps were bathed in butter. Didn't even realize that's what was going on. His name's Mark. And um, interesting, you know, Mark had a fairly complicated past. Actually reached out and found out from his mom uh, this weekend just to get a few more details. And uh, he had a pretty complicated past. And his mom uh, and his dad actually both were drug addicts growing up. He was raised largely by his grandmother between times when his parents were relapsing and and then, you know, trying to get cleaned up and relapsing, trying to get cleaned up. And his mom, she had, I think, seven felonies or something, at least seven, maybe more. I mean, it was just really, really wild. And, and we've celebrated her life on many occasions. Uh, and I'm talking about Stacia. And Stacia and Brad will be sitting right over here in the 1130 service today. And so I reached out to Stacy and I asked a few questions about Mark, and she was just sharing some of these types of details. And, and, and she said how in, when she and Brad, Brad, uh, Brad, Mark calls Brad his bonus dad. And so, uh, you know, Stacy is serving the Lord now. And like uh, Stacy and Brad, and they're, they've been baptized, and they're giving their hearts completely to the Lord. They're leading our, our, our redemption ministry charge. She not only has come out and conquered drugs, but uh, it's incredible. Uh, she's now, you know, working to be a, a drug and alcohol counselor to help other people in that journey. But something really interesting about that is in that journey, her son Mark saw such a transformation that he then was drawn to come and see what this was all about. And about a year ago, I think it was, he actually came and he was baptized and, and we celebrated uh, his, uh, his, his devotion to the Lord and, and he walked through that public declaration. It was really powerful. And he and Cassandra are actually sitting right here who just recently were married. And we just want to say, man, we love you guys. Congratulations. On your, on your marriage, on your family, on what God is doing. He's a good God. But interestingly, Stacia, falling in love with Jesus, awakened Mark to fall in love with Jesus. And Mark then awakened another person who also is sitting back there right next to him. And his name's Ryan. I mean, it's just this domino effect. How many you know when the kingdom of God starts showing up in the earth, the cycle of blessing is vicious? Ah, it's unstoppable. And I asked Ryan if he'd just share with me a little bit. And this is what he said. You know, when Mark started work, how I many know promotion doesn't come from the north, south, east, and west, but you're in the job God's put you in on purpose for the people that he's put you around. When Mark started work, I just thought he was a, a tough roughneck taking a job that allowed him to be home for his kids and wife, which happened to be about the time my family completely fell apart. My wife left me and she took our daughter. I was in a very dark place. You know, Mark reached out and we started talking, but I was still focused on all the bad in my life. Then me, he invited me to his baptism that was taking place at Destiny. 
And I just wanted to be supportive, so I went. Little did I know, that was the beginning of my journey with Jesus. I started to come to church every Sunday. If I'm not there in person, I'm there online. In the past year, I've seen how our faith has changed my life. Till this day, I still can't believe that a roughneck who came from a completely different life than mine showed me the light of Jesus. Thank you, Mark. You have no idea how much you've changed my life. I will forever be uh, grateful. God bless you and your family. Come on, Jesus is alive. He's mightily at work. And I want to thank you, Ryan, just for your willingness to share that. And, you know, God's doing something remarkable in the day in which we live. And we need to all learn to participate by simply cultivating a greater awareness to his presence in a moment. So we're going to do that. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. We're just going to step back into a moment of, of worship, not just to conclude and sing a song. But what we're doing is we're sensing God is saying something. We're encountering him. And then we're bringing that back to him in this place of worship. We're saying, Lord, we just want to cooperate with what it is that you're desiring to do. You know, this is what we are about as a church family. This is what we're about. His name is Jesus, and he's everything. I mean everything to all of us. We want to grow in that understanding. And part of that is as a family, we're walking together. We're working together. So you'll begin to hear a little bit about um, our Discover Destiny. We strategically do this again after Easter Sunday. How many of you know next week is going to be a significant Sunday for us? Uh, I'm so glad that um, Mark invited Ryan to come to church. Aren't you? Who is it this week that maybe you need to invite to be here next week? Because it could be a life-transforming story in the works that God is up to. And at 7 a.m., some of you online that aren't comfortable with being in the building, we're doing a 7 a.m. sunrise service, and part of the reason we're doing that for the first time ever is to make room for any social distancing, anybody that's uncomfortable being in the building. We're going to be right out here on the front uh, parking lot at 7 o'clock, and it won't be a, a lengthy service at all, but we're just going to worship and pray into uh, what we're sensing God is saying on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday morning. And so that'll be 7 a.m., and then we'll have our regular 9.30 and 11.30 and a lot going on for the kids. We have a production-style expression for uh, the kids in the Sunday services. We're going to send everybody and commission them out for uh, an Easter egg hunt to go for those that want to do that in their homes. But Easter, because it's a big Sunday where a lot of people will you know, be looking for a place to go, as is normally the culture that we live in, then we do something called Discovering Destiny following Easter. And it'll be April the 18th, and you'll hear more about it. But between the two services, we'll have about a 20-minute meeting, a conversation, just about understanding what God's wanting to do maybe in your life. And we'll explain uh, a six-week focus that'll be on Wednesday night to follow that so that you can get a clear picture of what that's supposed to look like. And we'll help you discover more exactly what I'm talking about. Some of us in this room love to talk. Some of us in this room don't. Some of us in the, room, in the room have struggled with the COVID challenge, and now I can't hug anybody. How many of you, you got the hug contagious thing, you ready to go? And then it, the others in the room, they're like, I am so glad COVID has kept you from hugging me, you know? I mean, we got different perspectives, different designs. 
And what we're trying to do is help you discover what your design is, not help you discover who we are and how you can fit here, but how you have been designed by God and how we can walk that out with you. So April 18th, you might just mark it down if you're interested in really stepping into another understanding of who we believe God's called us to be as a church family. Your gift matters. Then we'll walk, out, walk that out. And this week, I want to ask you, your action point is pretty simple. But I don't know if you realize it or not, but the rock is Jesus, and he pours out streams of oil for you. And your steps, they're bathed in butter. And everywhere you go, there is a trail of the presence of the Lord attracting people's attention to the love of Jesus Christ. And so this week, I want to ask you, practice listening and praying this week just prior to going into conversations or meetings that you know you're going to have. When you're about to get with somebody for whatever reason, just pray about that meeting, that conversation. It might be work-related, friend-related, whatever it may be. They might be Christians, they might not. It's irrelevant. Every time you know you're going into a conversation, an interaction, pause and pray and just invite the Lord to speak. Pay attention to what God may be revealing in those moments. Just pay attention to what he might want to say. How I many you know it's awfully hard to walk with God if you haven't given your life to Jesus? Like you just become a religious expression of rhetoric because you're not in true relationship with the Father unless you've embraced the cross of Jesus Christ. Are we all on the same page? Like there's only one way to God. His name is Jesus. He died on a cross. We're about to celebrate on this coming weekend that Friday was tragedy and Saturday was silence, but Sunday was resurrection power and profound insight and understanding of eternity invading the world. And you and I can be alive because of that. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior if you have not made that decision let's be clear this is not about getting people ramped up to have religious expression of their lives this is about knowing Jesus this is not about you living your best life on behalf of God this is about you dying to yourself so Jesus can live through your surrendered available self will you stand with me every day Paul said I die daily every day we need to come to that place of surrender how many of you need to surrender to Jesus today can I just see your hand every day every one of us need to surrender to Jesus just allow him to have his way so can we do that maybe you've never surrendered to Christ before and this is your moment to accept Christ and begin to walk with God maybe you've been walking with the Lord for more years than I've been alive whatever it may be I don't care how far you've grown in your relationship with God there's always more to grow in understanding the eternal nature of our Heavenly Father. Ah. Lord, I just admit to you in front of these sons and daughters of God, it's easy for me to get up here and feel compelled to keep the plate spinning and keep the momentum moving and and I just step away from that, Lord, and just say, would you just have your way? <laughs> would you do what only you can do? Awaken things within our hearts, Lord, that need to be awakened as we surrender to the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our one true King Jesus he died so that we might have life 
Come on, if you believe that, say amen. Lord, we just want to grow in our understanding of who you are in us and who we are in you. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to walk that out. Work out our salvation with fear and trembling. As we take these few moments in worship, Lord, may it just be a sense of sealing what you're revealing in the course of this week ahead. That there are wonderful things you have planned for each and every one of us in the next week. May we be keenly aware of the presence of God as we are marked by the presence of God in Jesus' name.